This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, October 4th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with everybody's favorite Cache Valley tourism expert, Jerem Jordan. Is losing your voice contagious? Because uh, apparently I got that from you. But anyway... Uh, super fun weekend uh, with Cougar football everywhere. Obviously, it started Friday night in Cache Valley. Um, you go to the road games. I got to go to this road game, so that was fun. Um, first off, the the herd, they're great. They're incredible. I know a lot of people are annoyed by them, think they're what did. Every player I talked to after the game, 10 to 20 of them, were like, that was awesome. I loved it. Epitomized by Gunnar Romney, who went into the stands and, and got a sign that someone had, had written, Gunnar is a stupid name. <laughs> So my picture's on the left, and that this is like the most liked thing I've ever tweeted, like 3,500 likes. I know Reddit College Football, BYU Photo put it out. So Gunner is a stupid name. So the, the, the A of a stupid name looks like a nine, okay? Gunner is nine stupid That's name. the first stupid thing. Nine means not in German, so... Nine. Yeah, pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and then there were all these return missionaries in the Utah State student section who were yelling at Spencer and I about yep. the safety zone. Yep. So that was hilarious. Shout out to all of you that are watching this. Also, shout out to the multiple people, students at Utah State, who are BYU fans who came up to us and said, Hey, I'm a BYU fan. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. They're dressed hilarious. in black for the blackout, but they're like, I'm actually rooting Hil- for BYU. Hilarious. Yeah. I, we love you guys. Stay moles in Logan. <laughs> Here's your Monday show lineup featuring a top 10 ranked BYU football How team. How about that, bro? Holy shnikes. Top 10 in the coaches poll wow. and more importantly in the AP poll where Man. media voters actually take some time to consider who deserves what. Well, we think so. What's the new ceiling for the Cougars as a top 10 team? We'll ask ESPN's Trevor Maddich on another Maddich Monday, and he previews a sneaky matchup with Boise State in Provo, plus Zach Wilson's breakout day in the NFL. Mm. Did you see some of his throws? New York Jets beat writer DJ Bienname will join us live to recap what changed in a week for the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Brigham moves up three spots to 10th in the AP poll after beating Utah State 34-20, 5-0 on the season. Tyler Algier, oh my gosh, what an incredible game he had in this one. 218 rushing yards. Coach Kalani Satake said he likes what he saw, of course, in the run game. Just really thankful that he's on our team and and, uh, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to the O-line and everyone that blocked downfield with the tight ends and the receivers, so uh, it's nice to have a back like that that can get it done. I think he and Lopini give us a a really good one-two punch. That to Spencer Linton in the BYU TV postgame show. BYU hosts Boise State this week, who's 2-3 and three after losing to Nevada at home. 3.30 Eastern on ABC National. Sky Cam! Woo! And then, this out this morning, we know the uh, kick time for the Baylor game on October 16th. 3.30 Eastern, ESPN or ESPN2. It's good to be a top 10 team. Back-to-back afternoon games. Afternoon games on national TV. Zach Wilson wins his first game 
as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. 21 of 34, 297 yards, a couple of touchdowns, an interception, and a 27-24 overtime victory over the Tennessee Titans. It was a winning team, by the way. Tennessee was 2-1. Hey, hey, they beat my Seahawks. I know firsthand. You know who didn't win? The New Orleans Saints. Who cares? Taysom had a good game. Lost at home to the New York Gents, or Giants. rather. Taysom Hill, as you mentioned, great game. Ran for two touchdowns, had 63 all-purpose yards in that little bit of a shocking loss in NOLA. Uh, ran is an understatement. Uh, the first touchdown, dude? Oh, my gosh. There were like five dudes he ran through. That was amazing. Andy Reid becomes the first coach in NFL history to win 100 games with two different teams, the Chefs and the Eagles. Jamal Williams with 14 carries for 66 yards and a loss to the Bears that featured Kyrus Tonga, who had a tackle. Kyle Van Noy had a tackle in the Goat Bowl last night. Entertaining but weird, crazy game. And Fred Warner had nine tackles and one tackle for loss. Wasn't good enough. My Seahawks won. Yeah, rough day for the Cougars in the NFL when it comes to, like, if their team's won or lost. Except for Zach Wilson, it feels like. Except for Zach Wilson. Listen, Zach (laughs) needed that. Yes, yes, he did. That was awesome. 10th-ranked BYU women's volleyball sweeps USF. Cougs on a seven-match sweep streak. They take on Portland this Thursday, 9 Eastern at the Smith Fieldhouse. Watch on the BYU TV app. Dude, I'm in such a good mood right now. Bruce Webster. It's always a great Monday when BYU Sense starts with Jerem Jordan having an unironic smile on his face. I'm so happy right now, Bruce. <laughs> Women's soccer beats number 16, Gonzaga. 6-1. to 6-1. to one. Uh, Remember how we were like, hey, they need to win this game. Yeah, they didn't just win. They dominated. Gonzaga's eight-game win streak uh, snapped. Still have never beaten BYU. Next game against St. Mary's, Wednesday, 9 Eastern. Watch on the BYU TV app. Spencer Linton back in the play-by-play mode. Go. It's been a sec. Let's go. Volleyball and soccer Great this to week. have you back. Thank you. BYU men's golf tees off at the Ron Moore Intercollegiate in Colorado today. Good luck to Bruce Brockbank, Todd Miller, and their guys. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To the top ten and beyond. BYU football back in the AP top ten for a second consecutive year. Starting 5-0. and What? For a second consecutive year. That's never happened in the history of BYU football. The Cougars, winners in Logan, 34-20 over Utah State. They covered Jerem, and maybe that was the most impressive thing we saw on Friday, or not. Which leads us into our question. My friend, you were on the sidelines, you witnessed all of it. What was the most impressive thing you saw from BYU at Utah State on Friday night? Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier was unbelievable. 9.9 yards of carry. By the way, I had to use the restroom. I missed the 67-yard run. Anyway, I leave for one play. Uh, Tyler Algier was amazing. So at halftime, uh, you know, Baylor Romney gets a concussion. And, you know, not officially diagnosed, but pretty a safe assumption, right? Um, so all of a sudden, BYU's coming out in the second half, and it's kind of a close game. Jake Oldridge just missed a field goal, snaps his, you know, BYU record 16 field goal streak. It's like, okay, what's going to happen? Because Utah State's moved the ball a little bit here. And now you're throwing out freshman Jacob Conover. We love Jacob Conover. He's going to be a baller at BYU. It's just, it's early. It's his first snaps in college. So what happens? Exactly what needed to happen. The run game had to be awesome, and the defense had to step up so that Jacob Conover didn't have to win this game. BYU was in the danger zone. They really were. But those two things happened, and Tyler Algier runs for 218 yards. Curtis Brown, 0-2, is like, yes, sir. Welcome to the 200 Club in Logan. That was incredible. 
Tyler Algier was a man among yes. uh, little cows. Yep. Okay. It was awesome. And the old wagon wheel stays in Provo, baby. The most impressive thing I saw on Friday night was the BYU defense against the Utah State rush offense. Mm. It's kind of hidden in the stats because Tyler Algier was so amazing. Yes. And BYU had another quarterback get injured, and Jacob Conover comes in. So, yes, all those very deserving storylines. But the rush offense of Utah State, which was about 200 yards a game, was non-existent. Quantify it, baby. 22 yards. 22 <laughs> yards. They were 22. averaging almost 200 what? per game. They rushed for 22 yards total hey, against BYU's defense. You missed a zero there. Wow. Right? So, to me, I was, like looking at the statute, I thought, how in the world was Utah State this close? It's because they converted a bunch of third and longs. Yeah. That was disappointing. But in the end, you win by 14. Happy. 22 rush yards. BYU averaged almost three, oh, actually th- more than three yards per play more. And again, the Cougars win the turnover battle. Plus two. Blake Moore's interception, by the way, incredible. We're seeing the same thing again and again and again. Take care of the ball. Force turnovers. Run the ball effectively. Yes. Convert on third day. Well, there's still th- BYU still hasn't played a complete game, and that's exciting. And we saw a very encouraging trend continue for BYU football. In all five games, BYU has needed an important drive to seal the game. Against Arizona, they had to get a first down late in the game, hold on to the ball. They did it. Against Utah, BYU needed a field goal to make it a two-score game. They did it. Arizona State, they needed a score. They did it. USF, BYU needed to hold them off. They did it. And they did it again in Logan on Friday night. Tyler Algier breaks it outside for that epic run to the half-yard line. They score a touchdown. Jerem, they're closing the deal when things get weird in the second half in all five of their games. They still haven't trailed. That's the most They've not thing. trailed. They haven't trailed a single time. Incredible. One of four teams in America that have not trailed at any point this season. That is incredible. Topic two. BYU's up to number 10 in the AP poll. Oh, completely validating everything from last year. I know there year, are a few way. BYU fans like, oh, I can't believe Michigan leapfrogged BYU. It's really? bogus. Really worried about that? Okay, what's the ceiling for this BYU team now? What's the ceiling? It all depends on what happens in the next two weeks. Okay, seriously. Yeah. yeah. If BYU holds on against Boise State and then beat Baylor, mm. they're not going to lose a game going into the USC contest. They'll go through Washington State and Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Then they will beat Idaho State. They'll take care of Georgia Southern. Sure. Okay, BYU will be 11-0. and 0. Hold on, Idaho State, live on BYU TV. You, we, we're contractually obligated. To I just that. don't, like, if BYU gets past Boise State in a huge road game at Baylor, mm. Jeremy, they're not going to have a significant real scare until they finish the regular season at USC. Who looked way better on Saturday against Colorado. Yes. Granted, everyone looks good against Colorado right now. So if you want to quantify the ceiling, yeah. right now BYU is number 10. Ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan said. I went through all of the schedules of the nine ranked teams above BYU, just to see what they have and left. And you did 10,000 simulations. No, I didn't do simulations. It's always 10,000. It's never 1,000. It's never 5,000. It's always 10,000. But I did look at just games that will force one of those ranked teams to lose. I mean, there, there are a few top nine matchups of teams ranked above BYU right now. So attrition alone. Yeah. Like, those teams are going to lose. Hashtag SEC. For example, this week. I mean, Iowa 
is going to take on Penn State. I don't know if one of those teams is going to fall far enough below BYU, but there are a few of those. So Just keep winning. Yeah, just keep winning. At worst, I think BYU, if they continue to win up through USC, they will be ranked number six in the country going to the Coliseum with a chance to be a top-five team. That would be And an undefeated regular season on the line. Can you imagine? I Listen, I still – what's the ceiling? I don't know, a couple more spots. I still think there's going to be a game that we don't expect to be close that is close. It could be – and, like, I won't be – listen, I won't be sh- – like, if BYU goes undefeated in the regular season, that'd be unbelievable. It's happened once. Chance star BYU lose one or two still. And I'm coming around to the only one idea. But I still think there's a couple losses in there potentially – it's just, it's just, it's going to be tough. Some of these teams are going to have a great game. Weather's going to, injuries. Like, hopefully Jaron Hall can get as healthy as possible as soon as possible. Yeah, how Baylor deep Romney. is BYU? Because they are extending the depth to new degrees right now. Like, if you're Soul J. Maiava Peters, are your palms sweaty now? Like, you might get in. Hopefully not, right? But hopefully Jake Connor was fine and everything's great. Listen, this Saturday is going to be interesting. Which quarterbacks are you going to play? I think Boise State is what – don't, don't, don't look at two and three and be like, that's a win no matter what. It's not. BYU has to bring it against Boise State. You think Boise State's going to lay down? Those guys are ticked. And after last year when they got destroyed on their home field for the first time against BYU, this is a big game Saturday in front of a national audience. Yeah. BYU's got to bring it. And then if BYU wins next week, like you said, at Baylor, who's the toughest team left on the schedule, it looks like. They did lose to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's 5-0 and and good, now 12th. Anything is possible, as Kevin Garnett once said, with probably an expletive in there. Um, but I, I'm very excited about what's possible here. BYU has a real shot at 10 wins in the regular season. A 12 would be unbelievable in the regular season. I would take 11-1 and right now. I would probably, you know, 10-2 and I might even take, but I'd really like to, I'd rather play, play it, out it out because of how this team is yes. playing. And despite some massive injury, like in what season would BYU have to get to its third stringer by game five and still be undefeated in BYU history? That's an unbelievable thing that's going on right now. Like, enjoy this ride. Don't, don't worry too much about the future. Just sit in this moment sure. and enjoy this because this is freaking awesome. Yes. BYU without their starting center, without another starting offensive lineman, right? Harris LeChance, so two starting offensive linemen, they're starting tight end slash fullback Mason Wake. Thanks for bringing this up. This is a right? good point. And a third-string quarterback because Jacob Conover had to replace Baylor Romney at halftime. They get it done, outscore Utah State on their home field in the second half, 10-7. to Like, BYU what it is proving. We always hear about, oh, we've got depth. They are proving yes. and have proved again and again this season that their depth is real. Now, there's one spot where it can't really happen and BYU be okay. Running back? Running back. I love Lopini, but Tyler is, uh, you know, a little different. Lopini is really good. Tyler is great, right? And maybe Lopini needs a chance to show he's great. Who knows? But I don't want injuries to anybody. But that's a spot that I'm like, listen, Tyler's the MVP of the team right now. He's got to be the workhorse and got to stay as healthy as humanly possible. Yeah, You want to talk ceiling? Well, yeah, let's do it. In fact, we want to hear from you and Voice of the Nation. Answer our question of the day. What is the ceiling for this BYU football team? Let's do this. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Shay Lawrence C answers on Twitter. Normally we would be wearing Jerem Jordan's massive blue goggles. 
to say the college football Blue playoff is the ceiling. Alert. But this Blue year it might alert. actually be Blue possible. <laughs> a healthy BYU team kind of looks like a playoff team this year. Okay, playoffs too much for me. Um, New Year's Six would be incredible. And if BYU has one loss, are they still in the mix? BYU's got to get into the top four, understandably, of the college football playoff rankings. I just don't. Yeah. Right, right now, they have the resume because they have Power 5 wins and yes, Arizona but, State's helping. Like, like when, If the college football playoff rankings came out today, I wouldn't be shocked to see BYU at number 10. Like I feel like the college football playoff committee would match the AP writers this year because the yeah. schedule is notably I'm not, uh, lined with Power 5 teams. I'm not worried about the playoff. If BYU, that's too much. That, that, that requires not only that BYU goes undefeated, but also that other teams, a bunch of them lose. Um, I, I just don't see it. I think since it's going to go undefeated. I think Alabama and Georgia will have regular season undefeated. Um, yeah, it's no. And then uh, a Big but, Ten team, either Iowa or Penn State? Yeah, but one of those guys is going to – I was not going to go undefeated regular season or Penn State. I don't, I don't see it. Okay. So I, I, just, I just don't think that combination will happen. New Year's Six uh, would be the ultimate goal. Yeah. Man. Yeah, what, what's Play- the ceiling? Playoffs crazy. No, that's insane. It would take something special. No, it's, no, it would take something like 1984 where a bunch of teams above BYU just lose and you hope, unexpectedly. You hope there's 6-6 six six Michigan and 3-7-1 and BYU keeps there. winning, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, is Gregor Bell the new Batman? We'll tell you why. Plus, Trevor Maddich of ESPN on Tyler Algiers' remarkable Friday night. What does he think the ceiling is for BYU football? This is BYU Sports Nation. Ceiling is the roof. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, Coordinator's Corner. It's good stuff. If you've never watched it, listen to it. Seriously. Great stuff. 1 Eastern time. Greg Bell talking to Elisa Tuyaki and Ed Lamb. They're breaking down the Utah State game. They're talking Boise State. If you want to be the smartest guy at the water cooler, yep. you got to watch, hopefully, this show. But also Coordinator's <laughs> Corner. And the Stocking Show. It's really good. And after further review, we got all the stuff. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who has Maddich Monday on lockdown. Jerem Jordan speaking with one of the ESPN goats of college football analysis. Yes, we always know Trevor brings it, especially on Mondays. He gives us the good stuff. It's a Maddich Monday, and there was certainly a lot to talk with Trevor Maddich about. Here's my conversation with Trev. All right, Trev, what an incredible weekend for Cougar football fans, not only BYU beating Utah State and Tyler Algier and amazing NFL performances from Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill looking like Christian Okoye in Tecmo Super Bowl, and then Vaisik Ahema housing his talk in general conference. It was a great weekend for Cougar fans. Fantastic weekend, and there's so much opportunity to continue to extend it. Starts with the foundation, though. BYU football won the rivalry game against Utah State with so many starters out not only before the game coming in, but then during the game losing guys. And that was a, a phenomenal way to win a big rivalry game, and that is the foundation for all the other great things that happened for a BYU fan. Tyler Algier goes for 218 and three touchdowns. I mean, if it wasn't clear that he's the MVP of the team right now, I think it was after that game, especially given the injuries at quarterback. Baylor Romney goes out of this game at halftime. That's exactly right, and that's one of the reasons that Jacob Conover did not have to press because they knew they could just hand the ball to Algier behind an offensive line that was missing two starters, and they'd still be able to grind out a win. And I'll tell you, Algier, there have been times in this season where he has taken the team on his back and done things to win games. We know about that 
fumble, forced fumble against Arizona State. But then in this game, when the third quarterback is in, when Utah State has the, the momentum, the defense rolls up and makes some plays. But more than that, Algier and the, and the banged-up offensive line went out there and took over. I think that this is really the year of the running back, Jerem, nationally, running back and tight end. But Algier is one of those guys that makes it the year of the running back. You've got great runners at places like Oregon, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and BYU. And none of them are, have anything over Tyler Algier. I think nationally, he is setting a tone for what people think of BYU football as tough, physical, resilient, and really fast because Algier can run. Yeah, he's really fast. I think people see the power, but yeah, the speed. I did talk to one NFL agent after the game who said he should go and he'd be a third or fourth round pick. What's your assessment of that? Mm. I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's fair, and he might even be a little higher than that because he's shown that he can block, he's shown that he can catch, but especially he's shown that he's a big back that can run between the tackles with toughness and also get the big play. You've got a lot of big backs in the NFL that can get you those four or five yards between the tackles. But then when they break out into the open field, eh, they'll get maybe another 15 more before somebody runs them down, whereas Algier can go another 30 or 40 or even to the house, depending on where the other angles are. And, and he's got that kind of speed. And so I think he's looking at a very, um, well, I would say this. I'm, if I'm in the NFL now and I played for 12 seasons as an offensive lineman, I would love to have exactly that kind of back for exactly that reason. He can keep us even with the chains, with the tough runs. But then there's nothing more delicious for an offensive lineman than to throw a block and to strive and strain against a 340-pound guy. And then hear the crowd roar, look up, and see the back of your running back as he's still 40 yards, 50 yards, 60 yards down the field, still running. And Tyler Algier can do both of those things. 60 is right. He had a 67-yard run, which is pretty incredible. Had a 68-yard touchdown last year against Boise State, 67 against Utah State. Boise State's coming up this week, which is crazy because Boise State's a 2-3 and three team. The three losses are respectable. Vegas is saying this is a 2.5-point line. And in comes big, bad undefeated 5-0, and number 10 BYU. What do you think of this matchup? Because it feels a little weird staring at 2-3 and three Boise State, who to me is still a very good team. Boise State is a much tougher team than people really give them credit for. I mean, they've got those three losses, but they're the good teams. I mean, they went out to UCF and lost to the, the top offense in college football after jumping out to a 21-0 lead before the Knights really took over. They lost to Oklahoma State, who's still undefeated. This Boise State team has had some some snake bit things happen to them, but it doesn't change the fact that they are very physical, very stout. And with Hank Bachmeyer at quarterback, they've got a guy that has proven to be able to make plays. So fans should not just assume that BYU is 5-0, Boise State's 2-3, and three, therefore the Cougars are going to roll. If BYU is able to win this game, it will be a quality win for the Cougars. There's always been quarterback injuries in this matchup. Hank Bachmeyer hasn't actually played against BYU. Uh, you know, 2019 was injured, and then 2020, uh, the second string uh, is playing Jack Sears. He gets hurt. Cade Finnegan comes in. He's actually like the fourth string, and uh, now Cade Finnegan's on BYU's roster. Um, so it's a crazy situation, <laughs> but it's ABC, and it's 1.30 in the afternoon, national, and it's, and it's Skycam, and it's number 10 BYU. Trevor, I don't know what we both thought this season would be, but there's no way we thought it would be 5-0 and number 10 at this point. This has been incredible. I think a lot of people thought that at this point, 3-2 and two would be good. 4-1 and one would be fantastic. 
And if you told them before the season about the injuries that they would lose their starting quarterback and then they would lose in a rivalry game their backup quarterback and then their third-string quarterback would have to come in and who knows what the situation will be this week. If you told them that, then 5-0 and would be just absolutely unheard of. And I think it speaks to the resilience of this team. It goes back to last year when they were figuring out what to do with COVID. They didn't have a conference to tell them what to do. They were the only team west of the Rockies, I believe, that were playing at one point and or at least planning to play. And so they all came together as a team and decided what they needed to do in order to keep themselves safe and in order to play the season. And I think that kind of togetherness, that kind of brotherhood has changed a lot of things around BYU from a standpoint of elevating what was already a strong culture to an even stronger culture. And I think that's one of the reasons they're able to go 5-0 and against this schedule, even with the injuries that they've endured. We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich, former BYU national champion. More on that point. I wonder if it took your 11 of independence, your 6 of Kalani Satake, to get to this point. Because you're exactly right. If BYU had had its starting quarterback all the way through these five games, we'd think, well, maybe 5-0 is possible. Maybe. No, no, no. BYU's gone to the third string already. That's crazy. And now you wonder if... It kind of took that long to develop this depth that hopefully will be why you'll be ready for in the Big 12, where, let's be honest, every year is going to be like this year. Yeah, and you look at specifics of it. Last year, a lot of offensive linemen had to play. And so you ended up with guys with a lot of starting experience, and that created a tremendous amount of competition. Coming into this season, you had to get the best out of everybody, and the backups know that they're going to have a chance to play anyway. A lot of times you'll have a backup thinking, well, I'm not going to get in the game. And it's not that then he becomes lazy. It's that there's not that sense of urgency in practice that you would have if you know you can get in there and probably will. And that was developed over the last couple of years with so much depth on the offensive line. And then Tyler Algier, I think they expected him to be a solid back, but I don't know that anybody expected him to be a national level elite playmaker that he has been. And so those kinds of things have all come together at exactly the right time to help BYU overcome some of the problems that they've had with injuries to, to make a physical statement every game in going 5-0. and And Trevor, I think it's been passed over a little bit, but let's address it. I think that what BYU has done has completely validated what happened last year. There was this sort of asterisk element to this, even from me and us kind of saying, well, it was a different schedule. BYU was good. Who knows what they would have done against the six P5s they played. Listen, I think last year's team would have won 10-plus now, now that we see what this year's team has done without those guys. What do you think? I absolutely agree with that, especially with Zach Wilson, at quarterback. And Jaron Hall has proved himself a worthy successor to Zach Wilson. Baylor Romney has proved himself to be a worthy successor to Zach Wilson. Zach was a cut above, and it's hard to make everybody – Um, stand next to that standard. At the same time, you're seeing efficient, effective playmaking at the quarterback position this year, and that's huge. But last year, goodness gracious, with Zach, what they could have done against that schedule, we look back on it now, I think they very well could have won 10 plus. They would have, I think. And I think that a a lot of people believe that last year was a fluke because when all the Power 5 teams were taken off the schedule, that it was just a bunch of group of five teams and, and it was just lesser competition. And, and that's fair to a degree, although some of those teams were really strong group of five teams. But at the same time, this does validate what they did last year. I think that's important for recruiting because negative recruiters would go out there and say, yeah, well, look, BYU won a lot of games. Who'd they beat? 
Well, now that is taken off the table for negative recruiters, and that allows BYU to recruit an even stronger roster, especially in depth. Yeah, look what BYU is doing, right? Uh, as an independent, what can BYU do as a Power 5 team in 2023? We're talking to Trevor Maddich of ESPN. It's a Maddich Monday. Does BYU need Jaron Hall to start Saturday to win? I'm, I'm no. assuming Baylor Romney will be out with a concussion. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that they can still win with Conover, but they will have to be lights out on defense, and they will have to be lights out in the running game. The thing about Conover is that he's a very talented guy. Yeah. And people look at his quarterback rating and how he started the game against Utah State when he came in. He, you know, he struggled early and then, then started to do a little bit more. I think that experience would help him in this game if he's the one that has to play. Keep in mind that he doesn't have to be a super playmaker. They've got great playmakers on the perimeter and in the backfield. All he has to do is know where to get the ball. And if he is the guy to start this week, he will be getting starters reps. And he will be a guy that I think has the talent to be able to distribute the ball accurately where it needs to go as long as he doesn't freak out. And he doesn't strike me as a guy that would freak out. So is what you're asking is if, if Jared Hall can't play and if Baylor Romney can't go, can BYU still win? The answer is yes, and it's not just a matter of, of hoping that they can win in an abstract basis. I think Conover can do enough to distribute the ball well enough for BYU's offense to still function on a on an efficient level. And it'll have to be very efficient because this Boise defense is pretty darn good. And I, I would not let people think that their three-loss season so far suggests that they could be pushed around. They can't. We should rewind, and I was a little dramatic in the question, to 2019, BYU started a first-time starter, third string, and beat Boise State. His name was Baylor Romney. Okay, let's finish with this. Do you think if BYU or Cincinnati go undefeated, that they would make the playoff? I think Cincinnati has a good chance. Part of the reason that either team might have a chance is the chaos happening at the top right now with teams like Ohio State, now Oregon, others, struggling early in the season, Oklahoma not looking dominant. We'll see what happens the rest of the season, but it opens a door certainly for a fan to look at it and think, okay, well, maybe the usual suspects like Clemson, who usually has a playoff spot reserved for them every year, is now out of it. The ACC is probably out of it. So it opens doors for other teams. But you look at now, Ohio State starting to come back. The SEC has two absolute playoff caliber teams, at least in Alabama and Georgia, that could fill some of that gap. Cincinnati would have the edge over BYU, especially if Notre Dame now gets itself together and continues on to a very good season because they won at Indiana and they won especially at Notre Dame. And that might be the edge that Cincinnati would need in order to stay ahead of BYU. I think that playoff or bust, it would not be a fair thing for fans to be thinking, though. I think what they need to be thinking is, hey, let's get to the New Year's Six. That's something that would be a phenomenal achievement for BYU, especially with the injuries that they've had. Now, to get there, they have a very difficult, tricky schedule still to go. And so as a fan, it's okay to make these kinds of speculations. And it's really fun to make these kinds of speculations. Could BYU make the playoff? Well, yeah, if they went out. Yeah, well, winning out against the schedule that remains is going to be hard to do. So the players and coaches are not thinking that way at all. They're thinking about the next team. They're thinking about getting ready for Boise State. But if BYU does win out or have just one loss, they have a very good chance, if not a certainty, to get into a 
New Year's Six bowl game, but I think Cincinnati would have the edge on them if everything broke the right way for a non-Power 5 team to make the playoff. I think the Bearcats would be the ones that would be chosen. I'd love to at least have that conversation late in the season. That'd be incredible. Trevor, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you, James. Again, hoping to have that conversation later. <laughs> if, if we do, that'd be amazing. I'm not expecting BYU to go undefeated. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. I don't know. Uh, I still think there's a loss or two on there. But that's okay. The start's been incredible. BYU's overcome some amazing things. And this has been really a really fun ride that hopefully continues. BYU just needs to avoid a loss to Boise State just like they delivered to Boise State in 2019. Yes. When the Broncos were undefeated, yes. they're ranked number 14. There was rain in the forecast that night, and it rained. And there's rain in the forecast this time around there as well. Saturday? Yes. Triple header on BYU TV. But by the BYU way. has been, it's been like they've been the, the uh, demon busters this year, right? They broke the streak against Utah, handled Utah State in game number five. They'll be okay against Boise State. Let's go. Okay, coming up, Zach Wilson gets his first win in the NFL. We go to New York for an update. BYU has not trailed. In a college football game this season. How long will that trend continue? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. From Gregor Bell, Batman. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. If you like watching Tyler Algier run a lot, you're going to enjoy after further review this week. Tuesday night, 7 Eastern. Dave, Blaine, David, break it down on the BYU TV app. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation on a Monday to interact with the show. And find fabulous content throughout the day. Follow us on our follow us rather on our social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're bringing it on TikTok more. Check it out. It's true. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. More impressive Sunday, Zach Wilson or Taysom Hill? Zach Wilson. Yeah. As as impressive as Taysom's run was, where he ran over five New York Giants, (laughs) that was incredible. Zach Wilson bearing down, getting the New York Jets a win in overtime at home with the pressure on. He had his click moment in the NFL where just everything kind of fell into place. Yeah, it was Zach Wilson. Uh, 97 QB rating. That's incredible. Uh, 21 of 34, 297, 62%, 8.7 yards per attempt. He was incredible. Two 50-plus yard passes. That was Zach Wilson. We knew he could play in the NFL, and he showed up against a good team. That's the best quarterback rating of any rookie quarterback this season, by the way. Take that, Trevor. All right, Jerem. Not mad at you. Greg Rubel experienced something very unique against Gonzaga (laughs) when he was calling the BYU women's soccer match on Saturday night. There was a bat on the field. Listen to this. I got the binoculars out. A bat? That's a bat. That is a big old bat. (laughs) That is a bat on the pitch, and they stabbed it with the uh, the bat catcher. I'm going to call it the bat catcher. That's a bat on the field. Good gravy. Indeed. So, a couple of things. Greg Rubel is now Batman. The Batman. The He's Batman. the Batman broadcaster. Canadian Batman. Have you ever had a bat experience? Yes. Uh, one time I opened up my outdoor umbrella and whoop, just a thing falls out. Seriously? Kind of shakes and then flies off. It was a bat! It was crazy, man. Have that you? is unbelievable. I have I've you never, I've never fallen into a well, had a bunch of them surround you, and then you had this moment where you needed to become a superhero. I thought that was a dream. Maybe it was oh, that was a movie I saw. Never mind. Okay, coming up, prop pick recaps. Channel their inner soccer this week. And New York Jets beat writer DJ BNMA breaks down Zach Wilson's overtime win yesterday. What changed for the Jets? 
This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football declines to talk. airs tomorrow night on the BYU TV app, 8.30 Eastern. It's Gregor Bell. It's joined by the coach. Recap Utah State, preview Boise State. I'm going to chat with Ben Bywater in the film room. And you don't want to miss Deep Blue featuring Chris Jackson, who had a really tough upbringing, but has overcome it to be here. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B on a Monday. Joining us now is New York Daily News Jets beat writer DJ Bienname returning to BYU Sports Nation after a big-time Jets win yesterday over the Tennessee Titans. DJ, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me back. Uh, you know, it's great timing. You know, you couldn't bring me on after the Patriots game or the Broncos <laughs> game, but this game, perfect time. <laughs> yeah, that was a calculated move by us for sure. All right, the Jets get a much-needed win in overtime. What changed for New York other than Zach Wilson, you know, throwing some darts as well? It, it was a team win. So what changed for the Jets yesterday compared to the first three weeks? Well, the offense finally caught up to the defense. The defense has been playing well throughout the year. They've been keeping them in games. The thing about it, the Patriots game, that should have been like a 40-point loss. Um, but defense did their job, which they've been doing throughout the entire season. But the offense finally caught up. And the main, the main factor for me was Zach was playing within the offense. And then when it was time for those big plays, he executed, you know. Um, one thing that he struggled with the first, you know, three weeks is when teams sent only four blitzers. So sometimes you hold the ball, sometimes the offense line will get beat, sometimes receivers will get open. But this time, he took what the defense gave him, which is why he was 13 for 16 when the Titans only rushed four for 202 yards, I believe, and a touchdown. So that's basically, you know, when he sees what he likes, He's, you know, he's decisive. He gets the ball in and out. He throws on time. And then that's when plays break down. He was able to have that confidence in himself to roll out and then make some of those fantastic throws that he did to Keenan Cole, Jamison Crowder, and um, to Corey Davis. Yeah, it was incredible. He had two 50-plus yard throws and uh, one ball that was in the air, I think 56 yards, which is just incredible where he's pointing and just saying, hey, go further. It's like it's backyard football or something. What, what was it like to watch sort of the breakout game for Zach, which I know Jets fans and you cover them, they are thirsty for a winner. And yes, this isn't going to be the season where, hey, they make the playoffs probably, right? But we saw flashes of brilliance, which is what Steve Young told us a couple months ago, is he didn't have to win a ton of games. He just needed to show that he has it. And yesterday was certainly one of those days. Yeah, like this year, I've always told Jet fans, listen, do not focus on the record. Like if you focus on the record – then you're going to be miserable because it's not like the Jets are going to be terrible, but like they're just not going to, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But this year is about Zach Wilson showing that it factor. And that's what he did yesterday. And so, so watching it from my perspective, he has a slow first half. I think he had like around 70 something yards in the first half of interception, which wasn't his fault. Corey Davis fell on the route. Um, so that wasn't his fault, but you know, it, it was taking him a little bit to get going and then boom, it's like it completely flipped. Like, he had like 232 yards in the second, you know, after the first half, when you include second half and overtime, you had the two touchdown plays. And it, it just felt so electric, right? Where it's like, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And then boom, something explodes. You know, the, the Corey Davis one was was so fun to watch because you're watching it on Ravel. He's rolling out, he points, tell Corey Davis to go deep, and he throws it. And you're like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Oh, it happened. <laughs> it happened. It's like those are the plays that we saw at BYU, and it was like this is why he went number two overall. So to see plays like that come to fruition, 
Um, you know, there was just so much electricity throughout the the building, you know, and I mean, I, obviously not press box because we can't, we don't cheer or anything like that, but you can feel it from the stands, from the sidelines. You can just feel it just jumping throughout the stadium. DJ BNMA from the New York Daily News is with us on BYU Sports Nation. He covers the New York Jets very closely. In your opinion, from week one, and even including the preseason, to right now, how has Zach Wilson grown the most as a quarterback and his transition from the collegiate game into the NFL? He's playing. He's learning how to play boring football. As you guys know, Zach Wilson wants to get go for the kill shot every time he can. But it's sometimes where you have to be able to take the check down and take what's in front of you because once you do that, it's going to make defense creep up because, you know, you're taking, you know, you're dinking and dunking that. And then when it's time for that big play, um, he was able to do that yesterday. So I think what gets lost in a lot of the explosive plays was when he was able to play within the structure of the offense. I mean, there was one throw to Keenan Cole in overtime where he hits Keenan Cole on a, on a, on a corner route for, I think, like, it was, a big, it was a big completion. I'm not too sure it was out of 29 or 30 or something like that, but it was a really, really big completion, which that was within the timing of the offense. That was a big play, but that was within three. That was less than – he had the ball for less than three seconds. And that's one thing that if you look across the league, all the great quarterbacks play really good when they get the ball out under three seconds. It's when they hold it a little bit longer is when they can, they can get in troubles. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, you can look at all the stats. Like those guys have even Kyle Murray. And we look at all those guys as guys that can really improvise and make plays. The only quarterback I can think of that can hold the ball forever and still gut you is Josh Allen. Like he's just that he's one of one in that aspect. But everybody else, like they have to play within the offense. And then when it's time for those deep shots, they're able to execute. And yesterday, granted, yeah, we had those big plays. Zach Wilson did a very, very good job of taking what was there, getting the ball in and out of his hands which allowed for when it was time for those big shots to capitalize. Yeah, we saw that at BYU in his career. As a freshman, kind of held on to the ball and sophomore a little bit. Junior started to get way better at that, where he knew where he wanted to go, and then he took this leap. So perhaps at some point in the NFL, we saw it in the second half, but he continues to evolve in that way. Uh, game in London this week. You, do you get the chance to go over there? Yeah, yeah, I'll be over there. I'll be over there. What's that going to be like for this Jet squad to go play in uh, uh, Mother England? <laughs> it's going to be great for them. Uh, you're going to have an experience to be able to get another win. Because they're not, they're not, not like they're playing like a great team. Like the Falcons, I believe, only have one win also. So, I, I mean, I'm, pre- I'm predicting the Jets are going to get that win. There's a lot of positivity on the team. Obviously, they just got to win the first win of the year. Yada, yada. But it just seems like things are starting to click from a defensive perspective and offensive perspective. I mean, defense had seven sacks yesterday. Like, we thought the week one performance from the offensive line was bad against the, uh, you know, against the the Panthers. The Titans said, hold my beer, and they allowed Tannehill to get (laughs) seven times. So, um, you know, so that the defensive line is coming together, man. So the uh, Falcons, they don't have a good offensive line. So, it, 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 you know, and they don't really have, they're not really an explosive, explosive offense. I mean, they have their moments with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, but the Jets have a really good shot to win that game. And the Falcons' defense isn't good either, so that's going to be another way for the Jets to, as Robert Sala say, stack stack more and more good practices, stack another good performance. So I think, you know, it's a gold opportunity for them to be two or three going into the bye and then going above to Foxborough to play the the Patriots. And I think, what would that be, week seven? Uh, you know, all the weeks get mingled together at this point. But, yeah. 
DJ BNMA of the New York Daily News is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I know there was some drama, of course, between Zach Wilson and the offensive line because of some comments that were made. But from what I could tell yesterday, it didn't affect Zach, and the offensive line seemed to be better. So did the media make more out of that drama and the comments that Zach needs to get the ball out quicker? Like, Was that blown into something that it really wasn't, in your opinion? Or... Was the message received on both sides, and they just both got better? So I think I think that to answer your question is both. It was overblown, but um, they both did get better, right? Like I look at some stats. Like Zach Wilson is like phenomenal from a completion pers- uh, perspective when he throws the ball under three seconds, but it completely falls apart once he holds it, right? So they, you know, I think because it was Greg uh, Van Roden since he said it, I think that was just right message, wrong messenger. Um, because Greg's been ha- he's been having some issues throughout the year from a performance standpoint, but I do think the media blew it up because you listen to Greg's full, you know, full statement. It was Zach has to understand that this is the NFL; he has to ball out quicker. But it starts it starts with up, up us up front. So if you just put it, Greg Roden says Zach goes and gets the ball out faster. Um, then that looks like you're you're putting it on him. But when Greg adds in the fact that it starts with us up front, we got to do a better job. That, that's just, you know, as you know, go back to the second part of your question that, you know, both of them put in blame on each other and then realize they both got to get better. So I think that's just more the media um, looking for a scapegoat. Because one thing we do when teams lose, we try to pick somebody to, to pinpoint when in reality, when a team loses, it's usually a combination of so many things, especially in especially in uh, football, you know, especially like last week. Like a lot of people pointed at the offensive line, but some of it was poor play calling. Some of it was. Offensive line, some of the receivers not getting open, some of it was Zach having bad reads. Some of it was the um, defense not being able to stop the run. There was so much that, you know, that happened, but a lot of people pinpointed uh, the game on the offensive line, them not being able to do what they had to do. But, um, you know, but, you know, as you said, I think that was just more of the media blowing things up. So uh, I don't think I took part in that. And I'll, honestly, if I'm just being honest, <laughs> I don't think I took part in that. You know, I try to put the context out there, but hey, when it comes to social media, context does not matter. So, <laughs> True. you know, once that ball got rolling, it was kind of hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. DJ BNMA writes for the New York Daily News. He is our Jets beat reporter and insider. We appreciate the time. Yeah, the official BYUSN Jets yes, uh, beat reporter. Are we yeah. cool to call you that? Are you, the, yeah. you cool being the official guy? Of course. You know I'm cool with that. I love coming <laughs> on this show. Fantastic. Hey, safe travels to London. Enjoy the game. Here's to two and three for the New York Jets. Thanks, DJ. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, DJ BNMA. He's great. We've had him on, what, three times now? Yes. He's good insight, man. He's awesome. Okay, coming up, rise and shout-outs. And our prop picks recap. Did Jaron make it two victories in a row? Ooh. This is BYU Sports Nation. Look at that beautiful field. Oh. Getting set for Boise State. It's green already to harvest. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We've informed Dave Blaine and David that that song exists. Yes. And download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review the show. (laughs) It is time to recap our prop picks from BYU at Utah State. Number one, Jerem. Yep. Which BYU player will lead the team in receptions and how many? I said Neil Powell with five. You said Gunnar Romney with six. So you win that one. Yeah, buddy ball. Gunnar Romney had five to lead Paul, who had four. Yeah. 
the when the brothers connect, buddy ball. Number two, will the BYU defense have more sacks and forced turnovers? BYU's defense had three sacks and two picks. So you win because you said sacks, I said turnovers. Okay. There you go. There was a dropped interception that cost me. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I'll take two. I want more sacks, but I'll take two takeaways every game. Absolutely. Every game. Especially when BYU's not giving the ball away at all. Yeah. And and when they do, it's, it's at the end of the half. doesn't matter. Or Tyler Ojibwe just knocked that thing out. Yes. All right, number three. More Puka Nakua receiving yards or distance on Ryan Rico's longest what a, punt. What a question. Yards for the tie break. Uh, we both went with Rico. You said 65 yards on a punt. I said 59. Yeah. We both got it wrong. Rico's longest punt was a mere 57 yards. So Jared. disappointing. Puka Nakua led BYU 62 receiving yards. So uh, this week ends in a tie. Okay, I guess we're playing soccer. Yay. Question of the day. What is the ceiling for this BYU football team? At Kip Kent answers on Twitter. Ceiling is an undefeated season. That doesn't mean they'll reach that ceiling, but to imply there is a single game left on the schedule they can't win would be inaccurate. That's the ceiling. Undefeated. What that means for the postseason is up to others. Okay. We'll see. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at CL underscore living. He submits a poem. Oh. That says, now ranked in the top 10, BYU Sports Nation is asking, how are we feeling? Is there a higher ceiling? 1984 was a great year, and I've wondered since then if it could ever happen again. But now it's more clear, and there is reason to cheer. I see it with Tyler Algier. Very nice. That was great. That was great. (laughs) Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The Herd, they were fun. Elder Sikahema, Jacob Conover, Tyler Algier. Women's soccer. Yes, all deserving. Women's volleyball taking care of You want to know details? Everybody. Go back and listen everybody. to the Jack show. Everybody, Wilson, Taysom Hill, everybody. Our thanks to today's guests, ESPN's Trevor Maddich and DJ Biennemi of the New York Daily News. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to the Fowler family. We'll see you on Coordinator's Corner in two minutes. Greg Rebell on the BYU TV app. Great info upcoming. Go Cougs! Is Tyler still running, Jerem? Yeah.